So in the weeks leading up to Easter, we've been, as a community, we've been focusing on the last words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And throughout history, there have been people who have spoken, uh, who've had the opportunity to speak famous last words, meaningful last words. We think of those who have spoken uh, profound and noble last words. Nathan Hale, the Revolutionary War spy who was killed by the British, his, uh, his last words were this. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. Very noble. Others not so noble. Uh, John Sedgwick, a Union general in the U.S. Civil War. His last words were, they couldn't hit an elephant from this dis... (laughs) Shot mid-sentence. In my personal experience, uh, being around people who have died, most people don't get the opportunity to speak profound last words just because of the circumstances of of their life and their death. But Jesus' words, his last words spoken from the cross as we've been looking at them, they are profound and beautiful words. And we are uh, looking at the last one that we have left that we haven't looked at yet, and it's perhaps the best. Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, he says, it is finished. It does feel good to finish a task. I'm not always the best at finishing tasks. I love starting tasks. I love starting books. I have a lot of half-read books. I've got a whole shelf, actually a whole bookshelf full of half-read books. There's so many good books to start. You've got, them too. You've got a stack of them too. I've got a half-completed degree, which has now been half-completed for multiple years. Famously, I tried to restore a motorcycle, and I got partway through the project, and I sold it. And I sold it mostly, um, I said, here's, here's your motorcycle, here's the keys, and here's the Tupperware full of carburetor parts that I can't reassemble. Congratulations. Um, it's not that I enjoy having unfinished tasks, it's, that's not a good feeling. Uh, and some of you are sitting here today and you have not finished your tasks. You have people coming over to your house for lunch, your house is, you haven't finished cleaning, you haven't finished the food prep, and you're thinking of the things that are undone. It's not a good feeling. It is so much more fulfilling to finish a task, put a big check mark there, and say, it is finished. My Lord Jesus, on that cross, he finished his work. He finished the task, and he said, it is finished. Now, in, in, as it's recorded in Greek, that's one word, tetelestai, means it is finished. It's actually a very famous word in the ancient world. In fact, when archaeologists go around doing digs, they find lots of fragments of uh, parchment and other writings that have this word, tetelestai, written on it. And the reason why it's so widely, that word is so widely written and found, it's because it's the same word for paid in full. And you would write it on a little receipt, so a little fragment of something to write on. You've uh, made some kind of exchange in the market. Tetelestai, paid in full, and you would have that. And in the ancient world, people would lose these things or discard them. Uh, in our world, you go into any parking lot at a store, I'm sure you could find receipts that are just strewn about. Interesting that the trash in the ancient world and our trash today, little receipts everywhere. Um, not a lot has changed. But 
when Jesus uses this word that they could use for paid in full, it's about accomplishing the goal. It's about finishing the task, that there was a purpose, and now it's been completed. It is finished. And then Jesus dies. So those words are powerful on their own. But with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, with him coming back to life, those words, it is finished, has even a more profound meaning for us today. And I want to point that out to you. And here's my claim. If what I'm about to tell you is true, then it could change your life today. It could change your life today. If it's not true, then you could ignore me. But you're here. You're sitting in front of me, so you don't have a lot of choice in that regard. But I do pray that, um, that you would understand the truth of these powerful words. Let us pray. Father, I pray that the words that I speak, as we think about the words that you spoke, would be words of life. That they would be words that go powerfully and deep into our hearts. That you would speak to us here, in spite of my weakness, in spite of my shortcomings, Lord, that you would do your good purposes in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In these words, it is finished. I want to show you two things. One is that Jesus finished his task, and secondly, that he, so he finished his mission, and that secondly, he gives us our mission in a new way. So first of all, Jesus accomplished his mission. What was Jesus' mission? Well, Jesus' whole mission of coming to this earth, when he started his public ministry, when, when he started to fulfill that mission, he said the kingdom of God is at hand, that God's kingdom is here. His mission was to bring heaven to earth. God created a good and perfect earth. It was paradise. It was, it was heaven, essentially, with God's presence. And Adam and Eve, the, the first humans, could live perfectly there. But they sin. They fall short. And the world is broken by sin and disordered by sin. And we live in a chaotic and broken world. And Jesus came to restore heaven to earth, to restore the world. In another place, Jesus said, I have come to seek and save that which is lost. So part of his mission was finding people who are lost and searching to find them and to show them this new way. And another time, Jesus said, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That Jesus' mission wasn't to, you know, God to come to this earth to, be, um, to receive something or to be worshipped in a certain way. He came here to give his life as a ransom, as a purchase, to buy back sinful humans, to forgive them, to, to provide, to pay the full price for that. And on the cross, Jesus can say, it is finished. I have paid the price, it's paid in full, and forgiveness and freedom is now available to all. New life has come. It is finished, and he can now die. This is right at the center of our Christian faith. Our Christian faith is the difference between do versus done. Basically, every other faith system in this world and every other philosophy is about do. It's about what you do. Do the right things. Walk the right path so that you can reach God or reach enlightenment or reach the next thing. In our faith, it's not about doing the right thing. It's about Jesus has done everything that is necessary. We admit, I'm not good enough to save myself, to walk the right path. 
but Jesus perfectly accomplished his mission. Even people who call themselves Christian can fall into this this life of do in their faith where, um, you know, I need to work to get God's favor. I need to be better so that God will bless me more. I haven't done enough. I haven't gone to church enough. I haven't accomplished enough. Or on the other side, people will say, well, I've, I've done a lot of good things. Now I'm expecting God should be blessing me more. But it's not about what you do or what you haven't done. It's about what Christ accomplished on that cross. He took the punishment to, to save us, to bring us new life. Paid in full. Now the great thing about that is when you receive it by faith, it really does propel us towards lives that are good. You can do good things and wonderful things in this world. I describe it like this. And I, and I mentioned I, I'm not always good at completing tasks. I like starting them. So when I have simple tasks that are satisfying and easily completable, I love doing them. Like cutting the grass. That's the best. Because it needs to be cut. And you cut it in this nice straight lines. And you can look at it and you can say, it is finished. <laughs> A lot of ambiguous tasks in my life, too. It's hard to tell if you're finished. Um, now, when... When you're younger, it's, it's not, you don't always do that out of joy. I mean, you cut the grass or else. And you don't know what or else is, but you don't want to find out. So you go cut the grass because you're afraid of what or else is. But then as you get older, as I did as a teenager, you, know, you, you can cut grass for reward. Cut your grass or else. But then you cut the neighbor's grass and they pay you. And you get something out of it. It's pretty good. But now I cut the grass out of delight out of joy, just to see it done. And, and we can approach our faith that way, too. Some people um, live a life of faith out of fear of, like, what is God going to do to me if I don't do this right? Or for reward, okay, I'm going to live a certain way to get a reward from God. But when we understand that Jesus paid it all on the cross, we can just live a good life just because we know we've been so loved, because it's all finished, and just out of joy to live a life of faith. You see, a Christian is not just a nice person who's ascribed to a certain moral code or way of living. A Christian is a person who has received new life from God. You're a changed person. You're a restored person. And you're being made new day by day because it was finished on the cross. So there's forgiveness and there's freedom. And there's um, my past doesn't control me. I'm being made new. And I can live a life of great purpose and meaning. And you can have that new life today by faith. By receiving the, the truth by faith. Receiving that Jesus paid it for you. He's restored you to God. You can know and experience God and live life for him. But it's even better than that. So the first thing we see here when Jesus says it is finished is that he's accomplished his mission. But what we see with the resurrection of Jesus is that he gives us our mission. He gives us a new mission in this world. Again, John 20, 21, he says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus said, My work here is done, but now your work begins in a whole new way. Just like I came to finish my work, I accomplished the task the Father gave to me, and God the Father was faithful to God the Son in all that he did. Now God is going to be faithful to you as you do the same work. If Jesus came to bring heaven to earth, to bring God's kingdom back and restore it to earth, now you get to be somebody who goes into the world restoring God's kingdom. That you're bringing heaven to earth through your life as Jesus sends us. 
You're, you're part of the, the same story, literally, to bring heaven to earth, wherever you go. That's, we, we pray in the Lord's Prayer. We pray, Father, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where We want heaven to come to earth. We want to, to see a world that is broken to be restored, and we get to be part of that. So my question to you is, do you want that? Do you want to live that kind of life? Many of you are living that kind of life, but if you're not, do you want to just keep living life the way you are, getting the results you're getting, feeling the way you feel, or do you want a whole new mission? Do you want to be able to wake up tomorrow and know that you are sent by God to bring his kingdom here on earth? Because Jesus didn't rise from the dead and go to his followers and say, hey, I'm risen from the dead. Now you all get to go to heaven when you die. He didn't say that. As true as that would be, Jesus rose from the dead and said, my work's done, now your work starts. You've got life to live here. You don't have to stay on the same treadmill all the time. This is a whole new way of life. Well, what does that way of life look like? Well, it's going to look different for everyone. But it's certainly going to look like fellowship with God, that we now have a connection with God that's unbreakable by faith. And God is with us. Jesus said, as you, as you go on this mission into the world to bring the kingdom, I am with you always to the very end of the age, that you're never alone on this mission, that God is with you. It's going to look like a life of connection to God. And it's going to look like a life of prayer. Are you willing to pray for the people in your everyday life? God, I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see heaven come on earth to the people around me in my life. And inviting God to show you your mission day to day. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look like you going about your day, seeing everything that you do as part of the mission. The, your family, your work, your play. That nothing is off limits from this new mission that God has given you. It's going to look like having spiritual conversations with people. Well, what does that look like? Well, I can tell you what it looks like for me. I had a spiritual conversation um, a couple weeks ago. I was at my, um, I play uh, cornhole in a league on Monday nights, and so I, I throw beanbags with other adults, and we have a lot of fun. It's a blast. But I, I was, this one night I was not expecting spiritual conversation, but right as we were ready to start, a guy came to me. He said, JP, what does God think about marijuana? I was a little surprised. Like, that's kind of an interesting question. The guy next to him overheard the question. He said, well, God gave Adam and Eve in the garden all the green plants for them to enjoy. So clearly, he must be okay with it. What do you think? <laughs> so I was a little taken aback by the question. I was certainly taken aback by the other guy who had a really good biblical answer to the question. <laughs> um, and then by the smell of things and by what I was seeing, I could see that it was a very relevant question in the moment. So I thought, is this the right time to go down this road? Like, how productive is this conversation going to be tonight? That I was unexpected, but it was a spiritual conversation that we didn't get to finish someday. Um, for you, what does a spiritual conversation look like? Because you don't know when it can come, but are you open to that? When somebody shares with you about a family struggle that they have, when somebody shares about a work issue that they're dealing with, when somebody shares that they're struggling with anxiety or fear or depression or whatever it is, we need to remember that everything in life that weighs on us 
and the, the, the things that are broken in our lives, in our relationships, is all because of a world broken by sin. And God has called us, just as Jesus came, to restore and to heal that world. He's sending us to go and to restore and to heal. So all of these things that people bring up to you in your everyday life are opportunities to have spiritual conversation and point that God's kingdom is the answer, that Jesus is the answer to these things. So my invitation to you is this. Over the next number of weeks, so April, May, June, we're going to be focusing on this. What does it look like if I go about my day living on mission for God? And we're calling this series The Great Opportunity. Because it's not just my religious duty. It's not just something that I'm obligated to do. But it's a great opportunity to live life the way God intended for you. And to know the joy from that. And to have purpose in that. What is it going to look like? It's going to look different for all of us. But I want to think about that a little bit more. So maybe it means coming back to church to, for our Sunday worship. Maybe it means joining a small group. Because a number of our groups are going to be walking through these same topics with us. But whatever it looks like for you, I guarantee you two things if you accept this mission. One is that you'll have peace. Look at what Jesus says here to his disciples. Verse 19. So Jesus comes and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. When he gives them this mission, twice he says, Peace be with you. Now, the first time, maybe because they were freaked out because Jesus was there with them. But he wanted to make sure, say it again, peace is with you. That when you, when you go from this place, you get to bring peace to a world that needs it so bad. In the big picture and in the small picture. Big picture, peace to a world where there's war. And right now, we're you know, we've, we've, we, uh, working with this couple that is doing ministry, helping refugees escape uh, out of the Ukraine. We, together as a church, helped them purchase a vehicle to do this. This is a, an email I got from them on Monday. It says, In a world full of depressing news, we are here to testify that God is at work in Eastern Europe in wonderful ways. And the body of Christ is literally the best in the world at providing holistic care for, for practical needs of food and shelter to shepherding and soul care. It's not just about giving food, but it's about providing for spiritual needs as well. So what they're doing is they're, they drive into Ukraine to this one church where people are sheltering. It's a city of about 150,000 people and mostly refugees. They, they drop off supplies there. They fill the van with people. They get to a church on the other side of the border that's also a sheltering place. And there, they're developing a system of um, translation support, internet connection, Activities for children, food distribution, all the things that these people need in intense ways. And then they restock with supplies. They go back in and they do this multiple times a week. And this is what they said in the email. They said, there is, there is a place for general humanitarian refugee care. But we are very glad to be working with a team that is seeking to glorify God, love people, provide care for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and these little ones in, in their hour of need. On a big picture, you know, we get to be part of peacemaking work in this world. But it's not always just big crises and world events. It's, we get to bring peace to small things as well. M many people say, I just want peace in my marriage. I just want peace in my 
with my relationship with my coworker. I just want peace with my roommate. Whatever the situation is, we get to be change agents bringing God's peace, the peace of his kingdom, everywhere we go. We experience it ourselves and we share it with others. So I guarantee that if you accept the mission, you'll have peace. And I also guarantee that you will have power. Verse 22. With that, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus has been promising them, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit's going to guide you. And later he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. This is going to, our way of life as people of faith is not just about digging deeper within ourselves to try harder, to leave the world a better place. It's about receiving power from God to accomplish the good things that he's calling us to. Even in our weakness, we can know God's strength. And what we do, we just walk in step with the Spirit. The Spirit's got the power. He's bringing it to us. And that's the way of life. Jesus on the cross, he says, it is finished. His work was done. The ransom was paid in full. We are forgiven and free. We are connected to God. And then Jesus said, now you've got your mission. Will you accept it by faith? Let us pray. If we bow our heads together. And as you sit here with your head bowed, if, just, if you accept God's mission, whether you're re-engaging that mission or just accepting it for the first time, just in silence, just, just pray to God and say, yes, I accept that mission. Or just, bow, or just nod your head in acceptance, saying, yes, I accept this mission. Father, I thank you that you have accomplished everything for us. And we celebrate your victory over the grave today. I pray for these folks who are accepting what you're calling them to do, that we would be people who get up tomorrow asking you, Lord, what do you have for me? What is my mission today? That we might be agents of your kingdom here on earth, bringing heaven to earth. That it would truly be a blessing to bring hope to, to many desperately in need, to give us, Lord, fulfillment and purpose, and to bring you glory in every way. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.